Section 50 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Davis. Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1, Section 50. February 8th through October 26th, 1785. Tuesday, the 8th, I observed this as a day of abstinence. I preached and administered the sacrament, held a love feast. Our friends were greatly comforted. Here I plunged for adults. At their own request, they being persuaded that this was the most proper mode of baptizing. Thursday the 10th, rode to Salisbury, where as it was court time, I had but few hearers, and some of these made their escape when I began to insist on the necessity of holiness, a subject this which the antinomians do not like to hear pressed too closely. Tuesday the 15th, I gave up my horse and borrowed one of Mr. Randall. I fear my horse will lose his eyes. I visited B, one who has departed from God. He appeared to be sensible of and lamented it, yet he said he had no power to pray and seek. South Carolina, Thursday the 17th. We set off for Charleston, South Carolina. When at the Chiro Hills, we thought of going to Blanks, but he was not at home. A family which had moved from Virginia sent after me with an invitation to come and dine. I accepted their kindness, and arriving, found that they had been Methodists. After spending some time in the church in prayer, we prepared to pursue our journey, but being pressed to stay until the morrow, we remained with them. Came to the Long Bluff Courthouse, found few people. Thence journeying on, we arrived at I. Kimbrose, and were kindly entertained. Tuesday, the 22nd. I heard of that impostor T. Y. T., who was fleecing the people of one hundred guineas per annum. Were he a good man, I doubt if they would supplied him thus. The greatest consolation I had was whilst alone in the woods I was comfortable in Brother Lee's company. Wednesday, the 23rd. We crossed Lynch's Creek, Black Mingo, and Black River, and arrived in Georgetown, where we met with a kind reception. I felt my mind solemn and devoted to God, but was in great doubt of success. If God has not called us by this providence into these parts, I desire and pray that we may have no countenance from the people, although we have ridden four or five hundred miles and spent our money. Thursday the 24th, I preached in Georgetown on 1 Corinthians 2.14 to a serious people. A Mr. Wayne, a nephew of the celebrated General Wayne, introduced himself to us, with whom we took breakfast. On parting, he showed us the way to the ferry and paid our ferriage. I found the Lord had brought him through deep exercises of soul. 
we traveled on through a barren country in all respects towards Charleston. We came that evening to Scots, where the people seemed to be merry. They soon became mute. We talked and prayed with them, and in the morning, when we took our leave of them, they would receive nothing. We met Brother Willis. He had gone along before us and had made an acquaintance with Mr. Wells, a respectable merchant of the city, to whom we had carried letters of introduction from Mr. Wayne of Georgetown. I jogged on, dejected in spirit, and came to Mr. Wells. We obtained the use of an old meeting-house belonging to the General Baptist, in which they had ceased to preach. Brother Willis preached at noon, Brother Lee morning and evening. I first went to the Episcopal Church, and then to the Independent Meeting-house. At this last I heard a good discourse. Monday the 28th. The Calvinists who are the only people in Charleston who appear to have any sense of religion, seem to be alarmed. Yesterday morning, and again at noon, the congregations were small. At night we were crowded. There is a great dearth of religion here. Some say never more so than at this time. The people were a little moved while Brother Lee preached to them on Sabbath evening. My first sermon was on Wednesday the 2nd of March, on Second Corinthians 5.20. I had but little enlargement. I preached again the next day on Ecclesiastes 11.9. The people were solemn and attentive. I find there are here who oppose us. I leave the Lord to look to his own cause. I told my hearers that I expected to stay in the city but seven days, that I should preach every night, if they would favor me with their company, and that I should speak on subjects of primary importance to their souls, and explain the essential doctrines taught and held by the Methodists. Friday, March 4th. I gave them a discourse on the nature of conviction for sin from John 16.8. Many serious people attended, and some appeared to feel. Saturday, the 5th. I spoke on the nature and necessity of repentance. The blank ministers who had before this held meetings at the same hour with us and had represented our principles in an unfavorable light and striven to prepossess the people's minds against our doctrines. Even these ministers came to hear. This afternoon Mr. Wells began to feel conviction. My soul praised the Lord for this fruit of our labors. This answer to prayers. Sunday the 6th. I had but few hearers this morning. These few appear to have feeling hearts. In the evening I preached to a large, wild company on Acts 17, 30 and 31. My soul is in deep travail for Mr. Wells. I hope God will set him at liberty. The sore throat and scarlet fever prevail in this city. Yet are the inhabitants vain and wicked to a proverb. I bless God for health. Wednesday the ninth, I had a good time in Matthew 7, 7. In the evening, the clouds about Mr. Wells began to disperse. In the morning, he could rejoice in the Lord. How great is the work of God! Once a sinner, yesterday a seeker, and now his adopted child. Now we know that God hath brought us here, and have a hope 
that there will be a glorious work among the people, at least among the Africans. Thursday the 10th. This day I delivered my last discourse on 1 Peter 3.15. I loved and pitied the people and left some under gracious impressions. We took our leave and had the satisfaction of observing that Mrs. Wells appeared to be very sensibly affected. We had rough crossing in going over the bay to Hadrill's Point. I baptized two children at Mr. S.'s, for which I was offered a great reward. But it was my persons who had not known that neither my own feeling nor the constitution of our church permitted me to receive any compensation for such services. We reached Georgetown time enough to give notice for preaching in the evening. Sunday the 13th. The people generally attended and were serious. We found Mrs. Wayne under deep distress of soul. From Georgetown we came to King's Tree and got to Mr. Durant's, who I had heard was a Methodist. We found him in sentiment, one of Mr. Hervey's disciples, but not in the enjoyment of religion. I delivered my own soul before I took my leave of him. Hearing of Brother Daniel at Town Creek, I resolved to make a push for his house. It was forty miles distance, and I did not start until nine o'clock. I dined at Lockwood's Folly and got in about seven o'clock. Oh, how happy I was to be received, and my dear friends to receive me. I have been out for six weeks and ridden near five hundred miles among strangers to me, to God, and to the power of religion. How could I live in a world if there were no Christians in it? North Carolina, Saturday the 19th. After preaching at Town Creek, I rode in the evening to Wilmington. Night came on before we reached there, and from the badness of the causeway, I ran some risk. We went to Blanks, but he was not prepared to receive us. Afterward, to Blanks where we had merry, singing, drunken raftsmen. To their merriment I soon put a stop. I felt the power of the devil here. Sunday the 20th. The bell went around to give notice, and I preached to a large congregation. When I had done, behold, F. Hill came into the room, powdered off with a number of fine ladies and gentlemen. As I could not get my horse and bags, I heard him out. I verily believed his sermon was his own. It was so much like his conversation. I came away well satisfied that I had delivered my own soul. Monday, the 21st. On my way, I stopped at A's and baptized some children. The poor mother held out a piece of gold to me. This is the pay of the priests here for such service. Lord, keep me from the love of honor, money, and ease. Wednesday, the 23rd. I had a few hearers at the Lake Chapel. There has been much injury done here to the cause of religion by some who promise much in this way and perform little. I lodged near the Waccamaw Lake, which is seven miles in circumference, fed by several streams running through the adjacent marshes and surrounded nearly on all sides by a sandy beach. This is a desert country has few inhabitants, and fewer still, 
have some deep sense of religion. Tuesday, the 29th, rode to Elizabethtown, crossing the northeast branch of Cape Fear River. I called at S's and offered baptism to his sick wife, which she declined accepting. After I came away, she was distressed by her refusal and sent her son four miles after me. Myself and my horse were both weary, but I returned and had a solemn time. Wednesday, April the 6th, I preached at Swansbury in sight of the sea. Here are a wicked people indeed. Nevertheless, a few have joined society. Monday the 11th, preached in a courthouse at Kingston. I was entertained very kindly by Governor Caswell. Tuesday, the 19th, preached at the Cypress Chapel and had many people to hear. I met Dr. Coke at G. Hills that evening. Here we held our conference in great peace. Monday, the 25th, I rode to Dr. Peets. This man has given up family and private prayer and yet is in distress about his soul. Tuesday, the 26th, I preached at Bridge Creek Chapel. I was very ill and was tempted to think the Lord was about to lay me aside or take me away and detain Dr. Koch in America. Virginia, Saturday the 30th. I am much better in health. My sickness was made a blessing to me. Rode to W. Mason's, where we were to meet in conference. I found the minds of the people greatly agitated with their rules against slavery and a proposed petition to the General Assembly for the emancipation of the blacks. Colonel Blank and Dr. Coke disputed on the subject, and the colonel used some threats. Next day, Brother O'Kelly let fly at them, and they were made angry enough. We, however, came off with whole bones, and our business in conference was finished in peace. Thursday, May 5th. At R. Jones, I found a blessing in my labor. Spent the evening with W. Graves. I am weak in body, but I have a constant sense of the presence of God. Rode to Lane's Chapel, where I found a serious loving people. Sunday the 8th. Rode to Ellis's Chapel, read prayers and preached. It appears to be low times here. I was happy with Brother Nichols and Spartleys in the evening. Monday the 9th, set off for Jones City, came to James River and missed the home where the ferrymen stay. I was detained some time before I found them. Tuesday the 10th, had a large congregation at Chippehominy Church. I administered the sacraments to a number of communicants, and we had a very gracious season. Thursday the 12th, rode to York, lately the seat of war. Here Lord Cornwallis surrendered to the combined armies of America and France. The inhabitants are desolate and careless. I preached to a few serious women at one o'clock and at the desire of the ladies again at four o'clock. I came to Mrs. Rose. The sun was once on our side. He has left us, and now we have the mother. I lodged in the poorhouse. Saturday, the 14th, 
I directed my course for Urbania. I was apprehensive of a gust while crossing the Rappahannock, but I reached the other side in safety, lodging with Colonel Gordon and Captain Owings. I waited on Colonel Carter, a Baptist, a man of most excellent spirit. We had much free conversation on the subject of religion, churches, and slavery. We crossed the Potomac at Hose Ferry and found the people vulgarly wicked, drinking and swearing. We paid a dollar for our ferriage and left them. Perhaps the providence of God led me this way, that I might see and learn to pity the state of the people in the northern neck of Virginia and those also of Charles and St. Mary's counties in Maryland. I have been sensibly affected with their situation. Maryland, Thursday the 19th, preached at Childs and at Weems, at which last place they were building a chapel. I hasted on to Annapolis, but through neglect the people had no notice of my coming. Brother Gill was here a few weeks past, when one S, a barber, came to mock, and it was said stood up to preach, and said his sins were forgiven. He was soon seized with sickness and made a sudden exit. Here we will leave him. Sunday the 22nd. Notwithstanding, it rained. Many attended, of both rich and poor, but in the afternoon the wind or the rain kept the gentry away. Many of the common people heard gladly. From Annapolis we rode to Alexandria to meet Dr. Coke. He did not come, however, until the next day. Thursday, the 26th. We waited on General Washington, who received us very politely and gave us his opinion against slavery. Friday, the 27th. We returned to Annapolis. The doctor preached at six o'clock to a crowded congregation. Thence, passed through Baltimore, we came to Mr. Goff's. Monday, the 30th, we went to Abingdon to settle our college business and took a bond for the conveyance of the ground. We then returned and fixed our plan for the approaching conference. Wednesday, June 1st, our conference began. I was unwell during the session. A blister running applied for a pain in my breast. On Thursday, the doctor took his leave of America for this visit. We parted with heavy hearts. On Friday, we rested from our labors and had a love feast. Saturday the 4th, I spent three hours profitably in reading the printed minutes of the conference. I left Baltimore at three o'clock to take a little breath after such a press of business. Sunday the 5th, I rode to Abingdon to preach the foundation sermon of Cokesbury College. I stood on the ground where the building is to be erected, warm as it was, and spoke from Psalms 78, 4 through 8. I had liberty in speaking and faith to believe the work would go on. Monday the 6th. From Abingdon I returned to Perry Hall and there continued until Friday. Saturday the 11th. Preached in Baltimore on Ye Know Not 
what manner of spirit you are of. In the town I spoke three times, and at the point once. Friday the 17th preached at the Gerritsen Church to a dull, backsliding people. Friday the 24th I crossed the mountains to Sharpsburg and preached to some honest Germans, came on to Shepherd's Town. Tuesday the 28th rode to the springs called Bath, now under great improvement, I preached in the playhouse and lodged under the same roof with the actors. Some folks who would not hear me in their own neighborhood made now a part of my audience both night and morning. Leaving Bath, I came to Brother Dew's on the south branch of the Potomac very unwell. Sunday, July 3rd. The day was rainy. Nevertheless, I preached, administered the sacrament, and baptized some children. Saturday, the ninth, rode to DeWitt's, where I had many to hear, and some to have their children baptized. Sunday, the tenth, my congregation was large. Hard labor has almost overdone me. I rode to S's, where I found some life among the people. A long, dreary ride brought us to Morgantown. I preached and baptized and was much spent. Thursday the 14th. I was taken with an inflammation in my throat. I preached at Colonel Martin's. Afterward, I went on in the night and very unwell to Seton's. Friday the 15th. I had a high fever. I, however, bore up to ride eight miles and preached and baptized. Saturday the 16th. Rode to Lytton's but could not preach. Tuesday the 19th. Came to Bessentown, gave an exhortation, and rode on to Blanks. Thursday the 21st, went to Mr. Jacobs, Old Town. He and his wife appear to be much engaged. Sunday the 24th, as an appointment was made for me today, I read prayers and preached with some pain and to little purpose. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, very unwell with a relapse of an inflammatory complaint in the throat. For some time I could get no relief. Honey, a remedy so excellent in such cases, was not to be had. Meantime, I ate with pain and was called to the exercise of patience. Virginia, Thursday the 28th. Being in a good degree recovered, I felt thankful. My spirit is grieved of so much vanity as is seen here in Bath, by the many poor, careless sinners around me. The living is expensive, four dollars per week. Captain Blank is here, raised almost from the grave. I felt tenderly for him. I hope God will convert his soul. Sunday, the 31st. Mr. Keith gave us a sermon, very legal and too little purpose. In the afternoon, I gave them my last discourse on Romans 1.16. Maryland, Monday, August 1st. Rode 30 miles. I was almost spent. I ate a little and was glad to get to bed. Tuesday, the 2nd. I felt better. The weather is very warm. Wednesday, the 3rd. 
I rode fifty miles. I felt weary, but better in health. Thursday, the 4th. Reached Baltimore. Our friends here have bought a lot and are building a new chapel thereon. Seventy by forty-six feet. It is well fixed for entrances and light. Sunday, the 7th. From preaching so frequently in the evening and consequent exposure to night air, I have suffered a relapse, and the inflammation of my throat has returned. To this was added a bilious lax, so that I was laid up at Mr. Goff's until Saturday, the 20th instant. During my stay, Mrs. Chamer has departed this life and is gone, I trust, to Abraham's bosom. It has been a school of affliction to me, but I am thankful that in my suffering I had a skillful physician and constant attendance from my kind nurses, and I was in a house where prayer was wont to be made. I have been taught the necessity of walking more holy and humbly with God, to pray more fervently and to preach more faithfully. Sunday, the 21st. I was just able to perform the funeral rites of Mrs. Chamer. I preached to about 1,000 people and had a very serious time. Tuesday, the 23rd. I set off very weak for Philadelphia and reached there on Thursday, the 25th. Pennsylvania, Sunday, the 28th. Preached a sacramental sermon on Romans 8.32. Our congregation was large in the evening, to whom I enlarged on Joshua 24.19. New York, Wednesday the 31st. Reached New York and preached the three following days, although weak in body and languid in spirit. Sunday, September 4th. Notwithstanding, I was very unwell. I preached thrice, read prayers twice, and held a love feast. My flesh went heavily along. Our society here has increased in number and grace. Our congregations also grow larger. I feel deeper desires to be given up to God. My friends here have been liberal indeed in supplying my temporal needs. May they be abundantly rewarded in spirituals. Wednesday the 7th. After preaching this morning, I left the city. Overstaying the hour, the stage left us, and we found ourselves under the necessity of walking six miles. I dined with Mrs. Ogden and preached in Elizabethtown in the unfinished church belonging to the Presbyterians. New Jersey, Friday the 9th. Heard Mr. Woodall preach a funeral discourse on Lord Thou hast made my days as a handbreadth. In my judgment, he spoke well. Saturday the 10th. I had liberty in preaching to the people at Monmouth on Joshua 24:17, and felt much for the souls present. Saturday the 17th. Quarterly meeting at Marles River. Our house was not quite covered, and it was falling weather. The people, nevertheless, stayed to hear me preach. Afterward, Brother A and Brother L spoke to them. Sunday the 18th. We had a great time. 
the people spoke freely of the dealings of God with their souls. Wednesday the 21st Road to Brother F's I received my wagon for forty-four pounds. Will it not bring me into trouble in traveling and in getting horses? Saturday the 24th Preached at Salem and at Stowe Creek. With some consolation, many attended, although it rained, and we had a comfortable time at Sacrament. I plunged H.T. and S.M. in Salem Creek. This unusual baptismal ceremony might perhaps have made our congregation larger than it would otherwise have been. Lord help me to keep on under all troubles of body and mind. From Salem we proceeded on thirty miles through a great storm. We were glad to stop at Gloucester, where we had a room to ourselves, enjoying our Christian privileges, and were comfortable. Next morning we came on to Cooper's Ferry, and although the wind blew violently in the morning, when we came to the ferry all was calm. We breakfasted in Philadelphia early enough for church. Pennsylvania, Monday the 26th, set out for the south and arrived in Chester. Next day, preached at Matson's, arriving in Wilmington. I preached there on James 1, 27. Delaware, Friday the 30th. At Blackstone's Chapel, I felt the necessity of watching against the spirit of politics and of being more in the spirit of prayer. The people's minds are agitated with the approaching election of delegates to the assembly. October the 1st. Came to Dover. I had the courthouse full of people, but I was not in possession of liberty of mind or strength of body to preach. The election is not yet over. Monday the 3rd. We had a gracious season at the sacrament in Purdens. That evening I rode to Brother White's and was closely occupied with temporals. Maryland, Saturday the 8th. We had an open time, and the souls of the people were stirred up at Angiers. The Lord was also with us at Wharton's Chapel in the afternoon. Sunday the 9th. I preached at Kent Old Chapel on ye have said it is vain to serve God, in the afternoon and at night in Charleston. I always have an enlargement in preaching in this very wicked place. The people today were very serious and attentive. Monday the 10th. Came to bees. There was a spirit of life among the people, and my own soul felt comfortably. Some of our principal members here are men who have not been successful. Had they prospered in their pursuits, perhaps they never would have sought the Lord. Being now in possession of religion, there is the less of danger in prosperity. I therefore counsel them to go to the western country, where the means and rearing of families and advancing in the world were more within the reach of the inhabitants. October 24th set off for Brother White's for Dorset Circuit. I preached at Brother Fraser's in the evening. 
After visiting the societies in this quarter, I came on Saturday to Caroline Quarterly Meeting at the Widow Hoskins. Here we had a gracious season. Road to Dover Quarterly Meeting My brethren preached and exhorted, and I administered the sacrament. Wednesday the 26th I preached on Caleb's following the Lord fully. I left Dover and felt some pain in parting with my friends. End of section 50 Recording by Greg Davis